Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Welcome to Elijah Streams. It is Wednesday, February 1, but we are recording this the day before. So I'm recording this the clock behind us. We'll say Tuesday, January 31, but you will see this in the morrow on Wednesday. So we're very excited to bring you Kat again today. She has a shorter schedule because they're in the middle of a move. So we're going to do 35 minutes and fast and furious and we'll have a good time. I'm trying, I had to hook myself up today and all the things are dragging. And <laughs> Anyway, hope the dog doesn't bark because I didn't take care of that ahead of time. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, so pretty short show, but we'll enjoy every minute of it. So we're not going to run any spots or any other announcements. Tomorrow, by the way, is Robin Bullock. So don't miss that. So you're hearing this on Wednesday. So Thursday will be Robin Bullock. So all right, without further delay, it's time for Wednesdays with Cat and Steve. Here we go. Greetings, Cat. So you're in the middle of a move this week, huh? Yes. And we are so excited, though. Really excited. Awesome. Well, it's good to see you. Well, uh, we've got questions. We were we were gonna jump right into questions today. Anything you wanted to say before we do that? I just want to say how much I love everybody and thank you for all the prayers you've given us over the years and even for this move, which sometimes seems almost impossible. Yeah. Here we are moving tonight and tomorrow night. Wow. We are moving and uh, we are all very excited. You know, it's a beautiful place. We know people there. We're going to meet a lot more people. I know God's going to be there too, of course. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to use our time as wisely as we can. And our staff is actually going to come tomorrow to help. Uh, they have been bugging us forever. Please let us help. Let us help. Yeah, we got to take that. <laughs> more man. talking than moving, but they're all, we're all very excited about what, how God has blessed us. So, yeah, it's. Yeah, I, and I feel that your pain on the moving too, that, uh, you know, it's uh, you can have fun with friends and everything, but man, it's once I every time I've ever moved, we moved about something like seventeen times in our married life. It's crazy. Wow. One time a year for first half of the year, and then this place we've been at for twenty three years now. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, I said, well, listen, Kat. Um, so you're pretty excited about the future still. All are you uh, optimistic about how things are going? I am optimistic about everything God has said or told me and still intends to do. So absolutely, yes, we we all are. We're all very optimistic. By the way, and once again, not intentionally, but we wore the, you got your teal on your hat and I got my teal on my tie and your, yeah, so we're kind of, and that is heaven's color. You said or heaven's favorite color. So if I'm saying right. that right. Okay. Yeah. So Kat, let me just jump in and ask you one question that I may have asked you a variant of this from time to time, but when when people go to have you know they they've died and now they've, they've graduated to heaven and you've said people when they get to heaven don't start comparing notes saying how did you die no how did you die they don't do that but do would, would someone show up let's say they meet their parents and their parents are young like they are they're everybody's in their 20s and 30s i guess yeah. looking at does that when they sit down and have coffee or whatever it is you do in heaven do, do the parents say, well, tell me what happened last, last time we were there. You didn't even know the Lord. What happened? Do they tell that kind of story? And someone say, sometimes they do. If it's something that's really on their heart, sure. And and nobody minds at all if they ask some questions like that. I would have thought, you know, in my pea brain, 
I would have thought that that would be almost a sure thing that everybody would want to hear that story. But you, it sounds a little bit like it's more of an exception to the rule. Well, they actually hold meetings already when they come. Every time somebody comes new from Earth, they always have huge events. And everybody wants to come so they can hear what's been going oh, on. Oh, okay. Especially any really good news, anything that's changed or maybe major things have happened that they, they would want to know about. That's an automatic. That part okay. is automatic. So everybody will attend meetings somewhere. And then that person will be invited over and over and over and over again to visit people, speak places. And so, yeah, it's very exciting. Okay, very cool. So um, let's see. I want to go with this one. Uh, this one was, uh, I've had this one. Somehow I came across my desk. I've had it since December. Um it says, okay, I love Kat. I have purchased and read her wonderful books. I find them very encouraging. I would like to ask her this question. The Bible says when you try to approach the throne of God or God himself, you become very, very fearful. I have not heard Kat talking about the reverential fear of the fear the Bible speaks of when it went in the presence of the great and almighty God. So I guess they're asking once you get once you go to be with the Lord or once you visit heaven. I, I'm not quite sure where she's, you know, where where the reverential fear is that she's wanting to address. What, what would you say about that? I think it would probably depend on what was going on in the throne room at the time. Of course, I've always always had such holy uh, reverence and love for the Father, for the Son, for the Holy Spirit. That never changes. You never ever get familiar with all that, and not any of it. It's um, it's just uh, overwhelming sometimes. The peace and the love that you experience when you're there, and of course, when I go, many times I'm like eight. Yeah, that's what you said. My whole viewpoint would be entirely different than most people who are already adults. So I think about what kind of fun will I have? Where will he take me? What will we do? I love him so much. I'm so excited to be here. So that would be the way that I would look at things. And he wants me to. He okay. wants me to see him that way. And, and uh, there's other people who feel that way also. But, but you, and, go ahead. And, uh, well, yeah, I do, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, but you, you, you talked about how you've gone as an eight-year-old and that you usually go as an eight-year-old. So God yes. sees you and you, you, you interact, I guess, as an eight-year-old. And you have said many times that heaven is like 50% worship, serious wor worshiping the Lord, and 50% fun. Is Am I quoting you right? Is that about right? I would have to say yes. And he even says sometimes it's 50% fun. I'd have to make it fun. You come like a child. <laughs> it makes sense. but And, and so if, if, if you tell a story about this, I saw this or I saw that, and and it makes the children or you at eight years old when you go yes. giggle and laugh to see something funny. Yes. That's something that's in the heart of God to provide giggles yes. and laughter and and even goofiness when you're having fun. Right. Yeah. You you know, most everyone who comes and says you must come like a, a little child. Right. Says yeah. and, and he wants us to feel that, you know, you're really all that innocent and excited and you know you're going to have a good time i mean he is our father that's who he is that doesn't take anything away from his sovereignty you know his holiness his power uh the life he gives people it doesn't change that it's just that from my perspective and the way he's always taught me 
he taught me as his daughter. He taught me as a child. So I see from their perspective. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. Isaac is age 15, and he's asking this. Are the world's wonders in heaven, for example, the hanging gardens of Babylon, the Colosseum, and so so on? Because we think of the seven wonders of the world. He's wanting to know, are those wonders in heaven? There are wonders. It says so. It does it. Of course, there's wonders in heaven. But I think it means the famous ones that we know, like no, the, not those. Okay, not those. It would be like you know, like the valley of the, the valley of um, valley of the falls would be definitely one. The throne room, of course, absolutely. The streets of gold, uh, his rainbow. I mean, there's so many different things you would want to see. The crystal sea, where you can swim under the water and breathe and talk and meet all the creatures there. So, of course, they do actually have their list, I'm quite sure, of amazing places. Oh, yeah. The university is there. Um, so there's so many things to do, see, and learn about. People have their favorites once they've been there for a while. So I would say, yes, it, it is sort of like maybe more than eight. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, well, right. And so if someone said, well, I will always hope that I I never could go to see the Grand Canyon. I hope that I could see it in heaven. It's not like God needs to give you the Grand Canyon. He's got the grand everything that's yes, beyond he that. He absolutely has the grand, the grand of everything. You're right. So it's not like you miss that anymore once you see what he's got there. Yeah, so good. Okay, Pam is asking this. Kat, you've taught us that our level of spiritual authority grows as we mature in Christ. Can you tell us what a brand new Christian's authority looks like? And I don't, I guess uh, you have to interpret what she means. What does it look like? What What would you say a brand new Christian's authority like? I think maybe she's asking the moment you're saved and you're brand new, you walk out and possess sudden authority that you didn't have ever. What does it look like if you're brand new? I think that no one can really maybe even think about that ahead of time. I think you are so undone by the glory that, um, you know, the glory we create for him, uh, the splendors and the wonders that are there. Uh, you're so overwhelmed by his goodness that he gives us. Um, but a brand new believer especially, they're overwhelmed really at what has been given and what Christ actually did give you, what you can operate in, how to do that, and what, di what a difference it would make here in the earth if everybody did. So. Yeah, there's a lot of things. That, there's so many things that we could talk about and discuss, but um, always those feelings of a new believer realizing yeah. what has been paid for for them and what it's like to operate. There's like the nothing is, you know, I don't think I, as much as I've been excited in all the years afterwards, I think the cream of the crop was the first week, days and weeks after I encountered God and, and everything. It's hard to find that level of first love very many times don't get me wrong i seek it and i do discover major yeah. encounters but you're there's overwhelmed something really, by that yeah. love absolutely yes. yes yeah i mean the old testament when i had the encounter with god 81 even the old testament screamed grace 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 i read it and i said there's grace all over this thing and i yes. had only seen bad news in that so all right, so jan is asking this when people first get to meet jesus in heaven what is the first most common response is a joyful celebration kind of moment or a holy worship kind of moment so what is that i mean yeah I so like most, go ahead yeah i think most of the time it's probably more of a holy thing 
you are so undone knowing you're meeting uh, actually the risen savior the one who gave everything for you so i have say most of the people probably would have that holy reverential thing that we talked about yeah unless you're a kid then you're going to be like <laughs> yeah beside yourself excited <laughs> yeah well you know i when i picture it for myself i think I think I'd fall on my knees or I would be, I would feel like falling and I feel like tears would come, but they would be tears of absolute unbelievable joy that we made it and he did this for me. And are there tears of joy? You know, there are tears of joy. I don't know. People think you never cry again in heaven. Um, at the end of the Bible, where it says every tear will be wiped away. You know, the former things will yeah. be no more. That's the end of everything when it says you don't cry. Um, but crying for joy, excitement, gratefulness. Yeah, that's it's a wonderful feeling anyway, and you absolutely love it. So, yes, people still do that. Cool. Very cool. All right. Reggie's asking this. Will teams of people work together uh, or collaborate together to create things in heaven or on the new earth? Like, and he's saying it's like groups work together on earth now to create or will but we only create individually using our individual gifts and talents. So I guess he's likes doing things together as a group. And will we collaborate and do things together? That's the answer. I never heard we that do part. collaborate and do things together. Uh, of course we do. And you do learn how to create, not people. Yeah. But there's creation lab. What do you think that's for in heaven? Okay. All kinds of things, places uh, that we can make for each other. Not talking about like our mansions or anything like that, but there we all have creative ability because of who they are the trinity and so absolutely people get excited yes and actually people say well what do people do there's nothing to do there you don't have a job oh you create stuff you hold events everywhere and everybody wants to be a part of your event so yes those things do happen a lot that's good good um Okay, I have other, so many rabbit trails that I want to go into, but I'm going to jump to the next question. Um, Elizabeth asks, how do I know if my child goes to heaven, if my child goes to heaven in her sleep? I ask this because she has a dear friend and recently that, that recently moved to heaven. Twice this week, she said she had a dream about them playing together and running. I'm not sure if I understand the question. How do I know if my child goes to heaven in her sleep? I ask this because she has a dear friend. Oh, she's saying when my child is sleeping, did she go to heaven and visit? That's what she's asking. That, that is a great possibility. Sure. Yeah. He takes people while they're sleeping. Okay. So they may, they say, mom, I had this dream and I was playing. They... Yeah. My grandkids have actually had that happen to them quite often. Okay. And so... they'll describe places in heaven, like when they were four years old and they went. They didn't even know those places were there, but I knew they had been there. They ride, they rode. I think I mentioned before, you would ride lava out of a volcano. Yeah. And my grandfather, my yeah, dad. Yeah, there are some of those giggles, by the way. I love yeah. the giggles. Giggles of God. Someone needs to write that book yeah. because um, we, we serve a happy, joyful, funny. By the way, um, of all the three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who's funniest? If you could, if you, who's clever with her? wet if you if you had i would have to say there's either holy spirit probably or jesus i think jesus definitely has the wit uh, i think they call holy well i know they call holy spirit the drama king yeah tell you right there he loves a good joke 
he really does. He loves uh, like all kinds of drama and um, exciting things going on up there. So I would have to say probably one of those. The father is definitely for love. Yeah, just dad, father, you know, I think Kim Robinson has had multiple trips to heaven. She calls him daddy, God. And you had, I'm not asking you to say the names, your private names for God, but God has given you different names that you call him. Is that right? Yes, he has. That's a real interesting thing. And I've known several others that were like that. They say, I've called him such and such, and it would be something I'd never heard. But God gave, I don't know. Maybe he gives different people the same ones, but that's pretty special. All right. Keisha's asking, how do you pray when asking God to relocate? How do you pinpoint where God wants you? I guess that means to move. I do not want to move to a place out of his will. So he's saying, she's saying, how do you pray when you're asking God to relocate you? I guess you, you want to tell him, I guess you want to, Ask, okay, I don't even know how to interpret that more than the question. So, yeah, so what, what's your thoughts on that? So I think she wants to move, but she doesn't want to move to the wrong place because God didn't tell her to do or something like that. She's she's going, oh, how do I pray? I just I- would say, you know, you want his will done more than anything else and ask him to please give him permission to let you know. So a good way to do that. He get, you give him permission to let you know if it's not the place he wants or maybe do something different like that. I think most of the time, if it's if it's about him and you've heard him maybe say things like that in, in his will towards you, I think people are so centered on pleasing him yeah. and making sure they don't step out of what he wants so they don't mess up their life. I don't think he'd let them mess their life up if maybe they did choose something different. But, but telling him that certainly is going to help you stay focused. Now, for the per- people that that, don't, that are not seers and they don't see all the things in the spirit like you do, I mean, can they say, Lord, I think you're telling me to go here, but if if I'm wrong, would you close the door before I Absolutely. Do it? That's you have a to good do that. You absolutely could do that. That's a good idea. Okay. Good, good, good. All right. Chandra, Chandra, it must be Chandra. How do you release the anointing when you're on a telephone call? How would you do it if they if they call you and you want to release the anointing? I'm sure she's meaning on the other person on the other end. So Yeah, would I would you- just hold my phone and I would just say it. Or I would do it before I called them. If I already knew that I was going to call their number, I would say I'll release this uh, the anointing into this phone call. When they pick it up, it'll go right into them. Okay. Okay. All right, Jill, let's see. This is... Partially cut off. Let me make sure I can read the whole thing. Okay. Jill says, as a seer, when I'm in church, I often see huge angels that stand between the first front front seats or and rows in front of the podium where the pastor preaches. It is always in the same position, no matter what church. The angel is so big that his head is outside the roof. I didn't <laughs> I didn't notice an angel where we were going to church now until the last couple of weeks. Can you speak of what you know about those angels? I guess she's wanting to know if, if that's identifiable as something you've seen. I've seen angels 2,000 feet high, probably even higher than that in heaven. Whoa. So just about every size you can imagine is there. And I don't know that it typically means it's a certain, you know, a tribe of angels or something like that. 
I just know that they do have many different sizes of angels. In heaven. Do you, um, this is never a question that has never even popped in my head, but if you've seen 2,000 foot angels and you've seen angels that are probably roughly your size. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Yes. So are massively tall angels by definition massively more powerful? Is that what the big means or, or what would you say? Possibly, but maybe, possibly not. It's just that God loves making different types of, of, of angels or the host. And, uh, and he practiced well at doing that. Okay. Cool. All right. Cheryl is asking this question. Uh, she goes, I've heard you speak about how our loved ones in heaven can go to a portal on special days for us and sing happy birthday, for example. Is the reverse true? My husband went to heaven less than two years ago. Can I sing happy birthday to him on his special day and have him hear me singing it? I'm sure that you could. I know that I, I have sung different things like um, to my father, uh, like on Father's Day or something like that. I know that sounds odd. But I do. I really love my dad. I had a great relationship with him. And yes, and I know for a fact that the father has said, you can sing what you would like to them, and he'll make sure they hear it. Yeah, I've said, um, this is maybe in years past, but I've, you know, before I heard that you maybe can speak directly, and they hear it in the spirit realm or something, however. Yeah. But I've said, Lord, would you give my dad this message? Tell him, like, and I've said, like one time I said, tell my dad I forgive him for those things. Um, I don't even know if, that, if that's an appropriate thing because he's in bliss. Why would he need to hear that? But that's that would be my question. What what kind of things can you send as a messenger or ask God to send an angel and tell your dad, you know, can you say something like that? Tell him I forgive him. Um, I'm, you mean on earth or in heaven? No. Well, I'm saying, you know, he's in heaven now and you know that when he left, he left a mess, like that was the case with my dad. And and if I would have said, tell my dad, I forgive him for those things. I mean, that was years past, but what do you th think about that? You just say, no, no, don't go there because he's already happy, he doesn't need that? I I think that, I don't think I would mind you saying that at all to somebody. Yeah. I think it would be all right to say that. Okay. Even though they wouldn't necessarily have to hear it. Yeah, because they already, yeah. I, I hear you. It's not like his soul needs to to be um, unburdened for no. what he did. So it's just words of love, I think. Yeah. Okay. Dolores is asking this. Um, do regular common people from different generations mingle with one another? For example, would an auto executive that went to heaven in 2022 mingle with the poor widow from Elijah's days? Would they have things of interest to talk to? I think um, anyone who you would meet there would have, there's almost everybody's going to have something to, that they would love to talk to about you, to you or with you. And you would find it very fascinating. So people still love to have conversations. They like to reason together, talk together. They love to share things. I mean, that never stops happening, not, not here on earth or in heaven. Well, and then is there the sense that throughout eternity or as, as long as you're on heaven, I mean, one day it's everyone's going to be on a new earth, but as long as you're in heaven, are people making new friends all the time or do they kind of establish their friendship thing and their friends hang? Well, oh, they make new friendships all the time, no matter where they go. They do? Yeah. Okay, cool. 
Okay, Tracy. Oh, I, this this does occur to me to ask this question because you've talked because we said a minute ago about the portals in heaven, uh, and you know your loved ones can look down on special occasions. Can with that being possible, could someone? This is probably a dorky question, but could someone say, "Hey, to her girlfriend from Earth, and now they're all both in heaven together." And he says, "Come on to the portal. I want to. It's my daughter's birthday. I want to say. Uh, I want to see them and come and see where my daughter, what my daughter's up to. Could could they do something like that, or is it only for personal family? You know what I mean? I think a lot is for family, but I think you could. There's people who would." push doing anything or talking about anything to anybody if they could there so yeah okay. yeah i know a lot of these questions are questions that you don't it's not like you you walk around knowing the answers to all these deep questions but yeah um, yeah okay um uh tracy's asking this i'm a worship dancer can you elaborate a little more on what happens when we minister and dance and this seems like it's a common question people want to know when I do this on Earth, what's it? Ha what's happening? What is it accomplishing? Is I think is what she's saying. What happens when I dance? I mean, I, that could go a bunch of directions. What is the Lord doing? What's happening in the spirit realm? I mean, is would you have any thoughts? Because you're a seer, do you see people dance and then see things happening because of it? I see a lot of mostly music. Of course, I do see some dance, and. Um... Sometimes you dance, you, you're not even on the floor. Like in the throne room, they have a lot of dance and pageantry and stuff in there going on. It's absolutely beautiful. And of, of course, there's ways that you collect things as you dance. And then it's represented in some other way in heaven. Like you create artwork or paintings by your dance. Um, even though it is with dance, it's not like you're painting with your feet. It's just something that's created as, as something to remember that by. Okay. And back for the for those that are dancing on Earth, when you've seen people with the pageantry that God loves on the Earth, and they're they're waving their flags and they're dancing, do, does it affect the angels around them when they do that? Is something being triggered in a good way when they dance? It's, and I think that's what she's trying to get at. Do angels respond? Does does our blessings drop down that we don't see. What does the dance accomplish? Or is it just dance? I know dance is considered high praise. It even says that it's in the Bible. And so, yes, yeah, so even some of the hosts are, are absolutely um, amazed and really love the warfare that takes place as a dancer, when you dance like in the spirit about things. So that that is definitely something that takes place. I know all three of my daughters are dancers. Yeah. They would actually war and dance in the spirit for people to be healed, um, for messages to be sent, to be received. And so I would I def definitely know whether it's dance, whether it's music, a lot of things are created in the spirit. Okay, awesome. Um Sarah's asking this, are there you've seen the gemstones in heaven and I think I've heard you talk about the crystal sea and stuff. He says, is there gemstone art in heaven that resembles stained glass? Have you seen? Absolutely, yes. And a lot of people have those in their, in their home there. Really? Uh, especially if people were uh, artisans in that. My grandfather made stained glass windows. Okay. So he's got some he's made in heaven. 
Wow, very cool. And I mean, uh, you know, it makes me wonder because you said that God will put favorite pictures of yours that are on earth and you'll show up at yeah. your mansion and there it's hanging. And I'm curious if God would do the same thing. Uh, not that you would know the answer to this, but that if you if someone made stained glass on earth, they show up and God said, this is one that you made. I really especially loved. I kept it. And here's it. Here. That was that sound like something he might do just because that's who he is. I think he probably would. If people gave him any kind of gifts, he's going to love them anyway. Yeah. Then even he has some favorite things that he likes. Anything made with light, with colors, or things like that. Whether you're young or not young, he loves people when they give him gifts. Cool. All right. Uh, let me see. We're, we're five minutes out here. We've got time for a few more questions here. George is asking... When some people are dying, they reach out or call for their family members that have died before them. They act as though their family members are right there in the room with them. Uh, do you know, do they really see their loved ones and do they come, I guess they're asking, do their loved ones come to help with their transition to heaven? Can you share about that? I mean, I have no I idea. I think sometimes they do. I do know for a fact that some people have seen their family members, like uh, maybe within a week of passing or something. I think it's something that God just does to encourage people. And so I just know that it does happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Rachel's saying, when we are reunited with our loved ones that are already in heaven, to them, will it feel like it's been a long time since they've seen this, or will it only feel like seconds or days uh, since, since they've seen us? I, I think it's just seconds. Really? Oh yeah, they don't they don't miss someone being gone thirty years or something like that. All they can think about is can't wait to see them again when they see them. And so for them, you've only been gone for a short time. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay, that one. Andrew's asking when and why were the host Michael's army created? Was it after Satan's treason? specifically to deal with him, or was it actually before Satan's treason? In other words, you you made it very clear that the, the only reason there's an army is not to protect, protect heaven. They, God doesn't need an army to protect heaven. So when no, do, do you know when they when the army was created? Was it after the the fall of Satan? Oh, no, you know? I think the army has been, been around a very long time. They even wondered why they were created one time. Really? No to fight. Yeah, they were there before the enemy or, um, you know, Lucifer became an enemy. So maybe they only understood what they were being trained up for when that fall happened? Yeah. They were taught to war, and they had to run maneuvers and do all kinds of stuff like that. And really? then when they saw Lucifer fall in heaven, they knew who their enemy was. Interesting. All right. Uh, here's another question about the Michael, the captain of the warrior angels. This is Martha's asking, I believe the angel Michael is the captain of the warrior angels and Gabriel is the messenger angels. Are there other types of angels with specific purposes? I'm guessing there'd be lots of them with specific purposes. There right? are so many, I cannot number them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's many, 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 many. Uh, there's ones who are couriers, of course, there's scribes. The Bible talks about them. Helper angels that help all over heaven doing things like that. Of course, there are the hosts of heaven. Um, there's ones who serve in different places and who keep the treasure shined up. I mean, all kinds of things like that. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, it makes sense. And he might even have thousands of different kinds of angels, right? For categories yeah. that we've never even thought about. So, yeah. Um, that's right. M E A N G E S. Does God really cast out your sins into the sea of forgetfulness? If you brought up your past, would he not know of it? I think most of the time he wouldn't because he does cast it there and he's not going to think about it. I tell people, stop reminding him of your sins. He won't know what you're talking about if you've repented. Yeah, boy, I could have used, I could have used that um, understanding years ago when I kept repenting over and over and over and over to make sure I got it right. He's probably saying, would he stop repenting? Uh, okay, Jamelia, lots of interesting names today, Jamelia. Have you seen the in, inside of the courtrooms in heaven? What's happening in there and what do they look like? Like, do they look like a courtroom on earth? The judge sits on the bench up there high and then there's a, a defense in the, you know, both sides. I have absolutely been to the courtroom in heaven. Actually, there's more than one. Okay. one out, like, um, like areas, uh, I guess, like outside, not outside of heaven, but in the atmosphere of heaven, it's like invisible. Now, I know that sounds crazy. You can actually see through it. So you can see that it's there. Then, of course, it's a courtroom that's actually in heaven. So, so yes, I've seen both. And, and like anything else, God sits as judge. Jesus is our, you know, he's our lawyer. Yeah. And uh, Satan gets hauled up there about different things sometimes. And so do other, other things get hauled up. But, but justice does take place in those courtrooms. Okay, so it kind of does look like a courtroom as we would know it. We would well, say. they have one that looks very supernatural. They do have one that looks like what you would call a courtroom, maybe not exactly like that. So they're both different that I've seen. Okay, all right, here's the last question here. Um, Natalie is asking, what is your favorite thing about Jesus that, that you would like to describe? What's your favorite thing about, of course, you'd have thousands of things, but what's what stands out to you? I think his eyes, I think his eyes are so amazing. I, I never get tired of whenever I'm around him, I always want to look at his eyes. They're beautiful, very beautiful. But he also does have a, uh, I almost want to say a cynic sense of humor. Um, I mean, he was very bold about the things he said on the earth to those who were not doing right. Uh, like my, one of my favorite ones is, are you, you you're what is sepulchers full of dead men's bones? Yeah. The thought of the religious hierarchy. I think both of those probably those two things are probably my very favorite thing about. Him. And he holds both of those at the same time. He, you know, he's got that serious side and then the yeah clever fun side. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so mm -hmm. good, so good. Well, Kat, that's our time. We need to let you get to your moving and rest in between and all of that. So yeah. appreciate it very much. We'll spend more time the next time talking about. Yes, revealingheaven.com but go to revealingheaven.com to see her to get yeah. her books and all that and there Thank is you. her catcur.com is where you can support her the only place you can support her um, is online because she doesn't ask for money in any other way a lot of people keep trying to pretend to be her so alright thanks so much Cat. tomorrow everybody is Robin Bullock we're looking very much forward to that you, when you see Robin Bullock he almost I think he always has that pin that you created it says I don't yeah. do demons. He wears that on his coat. Right. Um everywhere he goes. So it's um so that that'll be him right yeah. the day after people see Yeah, thank you very much. We love you. We bless you. Have a good time with your staffs. We'll see you again. Yeah, soon. we love y'all too. Okay, see you later then. Bye bye. Bye. 
This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.